This is Curious Minnesota, a Star Tribune project that sends staff from the state's largest newsroom hunting for the answers to great questions we receive from you, our readers. We're here to answer everything you want to know about the state's people, places, and culture. Welcome to Curious Minnesota. I'm your host, Eric Roper. We often talk on this podcast about events that occurred over many decades. Today, however, we're going to focus on one very fascinating moment in Twin Cities history, the day the Beatles came to town. The Fab Four made their only trip to Minnesota in 1965 for a concert at Metropolitan Stadium in Bloomington. Now, we'll be talking about that concert today, but our primary focus is what happened next in Minneapolis. Reader Carol Becker had heard there was a quote-unquote riot of teenage girls in downtown and wanted to know whether it was true. I'm talking today with reporter Zoe Jackson, who wrote a story on this topic for Curious Minnesota. But first, here's Carol. I had heard uh, stories for a long time about how teenagers went crazy, and we have to be careful when we get large groups of people together because you just don't know what would happen. Because if it can be teenage girls, then it, you know anybody could do bad things in the city. And so I just wanted to know whether or not this was actually true, whether or not there were riots of teenage girls when the Beatles came to Minneapolis. Thanks to Carol for that question. Here's my conversation with Zoe. Well, Zoe, thanks so much for joining us today. So just to start this out, one thing I love about this, it's a perfect example of how Curious Minnesota lets readers really point us to the missing part of the narrative. Uh, I knew about the Beatles concert in Bloomington. I didn't know about the Beatles Minneapolis story. It's what's interesting to me about this in part. Yeah, I mean, I'm not from here, so I was not aware of this history at the Met in Bloomington. Okay, but then there's this sub-history, right? Yeah, that is, like, even more interesting to somebody like me, honestly. (laughs) So, uh, just for some context, I'm a Beatles fan. Um, More later Beatles, uh, like Sgt. Pepper's, Abbey Road, etc. Are you a Beatles fan, or what's your relationship with the Beatles? I I would say I'm a pretty casual fan, but I am definitely a fan of fandom and fan culture. Right, and there's some interesting context is that you were writing and reporting this story at the same time that the Taylor Swift huge concert was coming to town, which you were a big yes. part of the coverage of that as well. <laughs> I was planning my my outfit like while I was writing this article, and I think it ran on like the Friday that she was here in June. So I was like thinking about fandom a lot, like as I was working on this, um, and right. it was like a fun parallel because there were thirty thousand fans at the Met uh, in '65, and they were like. 120,000 people that weekend in Minneapolis this summer. So. Right, right. Okay, so let's let's talk about the story that might be more well-known, but some of our listeners may not know it. And you, as you said, you didn't know this story before reporting this. So the Met Stadium concert. So we're in the middle of Beatlemania. What's going on at the Met Stadium in, in Bloomington? Just for some context, the Met Stadium is where roughly where Mall of America is today, and the Twins and the Vikings were playing there, so you would see this place a lot on TV and things like that, and then the Beatles show up. The stadium was absolutely packed. It was like pandemonium from what I heard from some fans that attended the show. There were like more than 30,000 people there and like more than 150 ushers and police officers who were like very prepared to have to like do some crowd control. I mean, they had like big wooden sticks to sort of keep fans back Mm -hmm. and they had like smelling salts, which I don't really know like what the purpose of those are. They're both for the fainting fans, right? Oh. 
okay, wait, we need that at like some modern shows at first half, <laughs> to be honest. So someone needs to get on They're that. They're overwhelmed by the Beatles and then the smelling salts revi- revive, revive them. them. Okay, so I we should bring that back. Okay. Um. Anyways, basically like fans were like climbing over like these seats, you know, those like plastic baseball, you know, they're climbing mm-hmm. over like rows of seats to try to get closer. They're trying to get into the dugout. Trying wrote. to get into the dugout and girls like pulling like the doors practically off their hinges, like trying to get at them. Right. Um, yeah, because you mentioned after the concert, they figured out there might be a door where the Beatles were behind the door. And yeah. then it's time. Let's take the door down. <laughs> yeah, because like I don't think it's quite why, but like this was like a very short concert. Like this was not like shows to the length they are today. It's not right. going to be like forty five. I mean, they played like ten songs, uh-huh. maybe. Right. So maybe people just wanted some more. <laughs> um, so this hinge door thing yeah, didn't yeah. work. Nobody got that close okay, to the Beatles. Okay, but the band no. had to get out of there. They it was, did. And which I'm sure at this period, this was not an uncommon situation that they needed to escape a venue secretly. Very incognito. So how did they get know. out? They escaped in a laundry truck. So okay. I don't know if people had kind of guessed the M.O. with just a normal like police car or yeah. something. Um, <laughs> There's something very like farcical comedy movie, almost like six, yeah. like Pink Panther or something like that. 60s movie, like escaping <laughs> in a laundry truck is just like a some sort of classic comedy scene. But anyway. So basically they make it back to the Levington uh, Motor Inn, which is a motel that is recently opened by the same people who own the, like, Levington Hotel. Right. So we're in downtown Minneapolis In downtown now. Minneapolis. Levington Hotel. Famous hotel. Big, huge building. Uh, Hubert Humphrey had spoken there that day. He was there. He wanted to meet them. And, and they, they couldn't they're, do they're it. They're at this, like, other place, this new place that the Levington has opened, which is a motel. Far and, less fancy. And they can't, and they're basically, you brought, they're kind of in prison there essentially, <laughs> right? Like they can't get out. Yeah, they cannot get out because basically um, the Beatles like fan club in the Twin Cities like gets a tip that like they're staying at this motel. Mm-hmm. So like they arrive and not long after, I mean, there are tons of people outside, like 200 fans. Uh, and people are, like, getting pretty wild. I talked to um, a woman who came with her friend. They were, like, 15 and ended up climbing the fire escape on the side of the motel in effort to, like, get at the Beatles. Yeah, and so actually we spoke to Susan Hillman. And so we have a little clip here of Susan just kind of explaining what happened when they got down to the Lemington Motor Inn. My girlfriend and I, prior to the concert, called all the hotels in the downtown area to see if they were booked in there and saying that we were coming into town and we didn't want to be bothered by a bunch of screaming kids. And they were all like, oh, no, they're not coming. They're not coming here. Believe me. But when we got the Lemington, they kind of hesitated. We got the impression that that's where they were. So that's how we figured out where they were. When we got there, all these people were in the front of the building screaming and, you know, it was just chaos, you know. And so we decided to go around the back of the building to see if we could find a way to get in. And there was a fire escape. So I climbed up the fire escape and uh, my friend was coming behind me. And um, we got up to like about the second, second or third floor. I can't really remember Um, We could see all these people in this one room. And so we stopped and looked in, and I saw George, but I didn't see any of the others. And then as we were contemplating whether we should sneak in through the window, the sheriff caught us. And (laughs) 
made us come down. That is just so wild. Like, she's really real for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And there were also teens, like, hiding in, like, trash cans, like, behind the hotel. I'm not really sure what they thought was going to happen, if they were going to be, like, dragged inside of the motel. Yeah, or, or, like, thrown in a a truck. (laughs) you got to watch out if you're sitting in a garbage can. (laughs) Minneapolis police, MPD, that's like part two of this story because they are, we're all sitting here laughing right now about this, but this was not a laughing matter to the Minneapolis Police Department. So, okay, let's start with the curfew. They want everybody out by midnight, right? They want all these people to go, all these underage girls to go home. Yeah, they guess at that midnight curfew because, you know, they're pulling girls down from the side of the building and out of trash cans. And yeah, a lot of the people were teenagers and like even as young as like 13. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically they're like rounding these girls up, like call your parents. They need to get out of here. (laughs) You need to get out of here, basically. Um, And the Minneapolis police inspector, uh, Don Dwyer at the time, he was especially like not amused. Mm -hmm. Like he was very dismissive both of like the fans and of like the Beatles themselves. Right. And so, okay, so basically we reported that more than 10 teen girls and young women managed to get inside the hotel. The Tribune reported this the next day. So Dwyer basically is saying that they went in and like completely shook down. That's how that's those are his words. Completely shook down the fifth floor trying to get all these people out of the hotel. He has a bit of a high level reaction to this whole thing. What's his sort of impression of this scene? So basically the police inspector at the time um, sat down for an interview with like some of the TV stations and talked about the band's visit to Minneapolis. He describes the Fab Four and their entourage as the worst people he has ever seen visit the city. And he added that they had a liberal supply of liquor with them when they came into the motel. They told us that Minneapolis was a very narrow-minded town, as were its police officials, and that other cities have been very tolerant. Uh, after they kind of went in to make sure that there were no, like, underage people within the Mm -hmm. hotel. Um, And so basically, just to put a fine point on this, this is the Beatles telling the Minneapolis Police Department that they think Minneapolis is a very narrow-minded town, which I just think is an amazing... They never came back. So this is the Beatles' impression of Minneapolis. (laughs) Maybe Paul came back one day, but they never came back as the Beatles. And the narrow-minded town was the way that they sort of left thinking about us. Yeah, the police kind of got what they wanted, um, Mm -hmm. which was them never to come back. And literally, when he was asked, like, oh, if, you know, your treatment of the the Beatles would mean they'll never return, he said, if they did not come, it would be too soon for me. Wow. Which, (laughs) iconic. Honestly. Okay, so this crazy evening ends. People go home in the early morning hours and, and what have you. You know, we reprint a lot of what the inspector said in our pages of the Tribune and the Star, and some of the fans were not happy with us, right? No, like similarly to, um, I guess, how MPD kind of treated uh, the band and their fans, people felt like the paper was very dismissive of like everyone involved and felt like it was very one-sided, our coverage of the event. Okay. Um, And there's one specific note here from from the Beatles fan club president, right, in Anoka? Yes, a fan club president wrote in and said, just because you might not like the Beatles doesn't mean a lot of people shouldn't. Teenagers have a lot to say these days and we could hurt your paper. 
So I was very happy to see that many young people <laughs> were reading the paper at the time. <laughs> and I hope you guys are still readers. Right, right. And so, okay, so you you think a lot about fandom, and this story was about fandom. What do you think this tells us about fandom? I mean, we had the Taylor Swift concert, which was a bigger a bigger concert, um, but maybe the sort of, I don't know, the fanaticism of trying to get to the star. Yeah. I don't know if it was quite <laughs> at this level, but what does it tell us about, about fandom? Yeah, I mean, it was not quite so chaotic this summer, but I think that this kind of shows that this isn't new and like that fan culture has kind of always been like not looked down on, but like people have just been very dismissive of things that I think involve like young women and Mm -hmm. like things that they like. So I don't know. It's like interesting to read to like learn about this and just like how everybody was kind of like side eye, like thinking this was weird and just that people were being like over dramatic, which they maybe they were, but right. like being dramatic is fun. Right. Um, and, and, and maybe the people, I mean, it seems like getting caught up in a cultural phenomenon is not a new, you know, absolutely not huge. No. Um, yeah. And yeah, when an artist that people really like come to, comes to town, like the city will stop for right. them. And we kind of saw that here this summer. And I it mean, doesn't happen all the time it doesn't. at this level. No, I mean, it's like, the biggest artist of a generation, which I think, oh my gosh, well, that's a hot take. But I mean, I would say that like Taylor Swift is like probably our Beatles, mm-hmm. right? Um, or people even younger than me, maybe. Well, Zoe, thank you so much. I, I love this story. It's, I mean, again, I, I had heard about the, the Bloomington Beatles story. And then here is a reader directed us to the sort of this Minneapolis tale, which is more chaotic and and funny in a completely different way. Um, So I'm glad you were able to tell it for us. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, that's it for today's show. If you're interested in watching the Minneapolis Police Department's Beatles press conference, I have included a link to the video in the show notes. Thanks, as always, to Matt Gilmer for editing this podcast. And if you have feedback for us or a question you'd like us to answer, send us a note at curious at startribune.com. And if you're enjoying this show, please tell a friend about it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Curious Minnesota. We want to hear from you. Ask questions and read more stories online at startribune.com backslash curious. Our show is recorded at the Star Tribune's headquarters in beautiful downtown Minneapolis. And our music is produced by Matt Gilmer. If you like the show, please rate us on iTunes or leave a review. And until next time, stay curious.